Hey guys, what's up? Uh, this is Mitch, your friendly Cowboys fan. I am uh, here with my lovely producer, editor, extraordinaire, Daniel Bonner, and my DFS and home better extraordinaire, Wayne Mills. Um, we are two or three, if I can add, <laughs> um, three, three Cowboys fans who've been fans for life. And um, we've been talking Dallas Cowboys. Gosh, guys, uh, we've had a what group chat for this a number years. of years now. I don't even know how many. I think it started on Facebook Messenger and then migrated to group chats. And um, but man, we've been talking Dallas Cowboys for years, and we've all been fans for our entire life. Um, so this kind of was something that we organically led into as the word that I love to use right now. <laughs> um, forming a podcast to talk about the Dallas Cowboys, our frustrations, our love, um, what we envision happening in the future, what we hope changes in the future, and just what's gone on in the past that has pissed us off. Um, yeah, so, but we'll try not to focus too much on the negative like most people do about the Cowboys. We're trying to yes, trying to bring some positivity <clears throat> and just like lift up the Dallas Cowboys because we need it. We need it. Yes, we do. Yes. <clears throat> We're not the group that's gonna be saying Dak needs to be benched for the Red Rocket. We're not the group that's gonna be saying we need to trade Amari Cooper right now. We might be the group that says Jerry needs to go. But or at least one of us. So we'll see um, how this goes. But glad you guys are listening. Thank you for be joining us. And um, let's get started. So basically, to give you a background of who we are and why we're doing this, um, we all grew up here in West Virginia. Um, Jay, uh, sorry, um, Wayne and I have been best friends for over thirty years. We grew up in the same church. Um, went to the, all the same schools and Daniel and I are actually cousins, first cousins. Mm -hmm. So, um, we've known each other pretty much all of our lives. Um, I don't know, Daniel and Wayne, have you guys ever met in person? Uh, I don't know. I've met, um, that side of the family. I went to a few of your reunions back in the day. Yeah, there's a good I chance, but I can't ever remember. I like your, your face looks familiar and, and, but I don't think I've actually recently met you in person. I think I've I ran met, into your brother more. I was going to say, yeah. I think you definitely met Nathan, um, oh, unfortunately, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> it's okay. So, he's, he's a Bills fan. He won't hear it. So talk Bills all the, fan, yeah. talk all the yeah, trash he, you want. He, he hates us for those two losses. So, yep. uh, you know, but, um, so yeah, uh, we've grown up, um, basically in the same town. Well, Daniel, you actually lived in New York for a long time. And then mm -hmm. you finally, when you moved back here to West Virginia, you've been here for, probably the majority of your life at this point, but, yeah. um, you know, we, we, we've all, we all call West Virginia our home and the Dallas Cowboys, our favorite team. So, um, like, like I mentioned in the intro, you know, we've been, um, in a group chat for a number of years now and talking about the Cowboys and there are thoughts about, you know, whether it be the off season and moves we need to make or, you know, plays that happened and you know des caught it or you know whatever it may have been and 
we've had hours and hours and hours and hours of text messages and, and chats that we just figured, man, this all this could be put in format that could be, you know, consumed by other people and and we can, you know, get feedback from you guys and see how you all think about what we think about the Dallas Cowboys. So if you're listening, you're probably a Cowboys fan. I would hope if you're not a Cowboys fan, we're going to try to sway you to be a Cowboys fan. Or maybe you're just listening because you like us. There's not very many of those people in the world, but we'll take it. Um, but yeah, like that's why we're here. Um, so basically, we're going to kind of have a little bit of a format, but we want to cu- try to keep this just a conversation flowing um, and, and kind of keep it somewhat structured. But what I wanted to lead into first off is why we're fans, because, you know, I mentioned that we're all West Virginia boys. We've grown up here in West Virginia our entire lives. How does a West Virginia boy become a Cowboys fan? Um, you should, you should like the Steelers. They're the closest team to you, <laughs> yeah, or at least the Browns or the Redskins, but nope. Um, so my history uh, and, and how I, how I became a Cowboys fan was really just started from my dad. Um, since I've been old enough to know what football was or, or, you know, watch anything on TV and when football was on, if football was on, if it wasn't the Mountaineers, it was the Cowboys, um, you know, back in the eighties, there wasn't a whole lot of live sports on TV anyway. Um, but typically the premier team at that time, um, was the Dallas Cowboys. So they were on a lot. And my dad was a huge fan. So um, I just kind of inherited that from him, I guess, um, to say the least. And then, of course, you know, my primitive childhood years uh, were the years of the 90s when the Cowboys were dominant. You know, that was my first real true memories of the Cowboys. Um, The ones that I can actually look back to and recall fondly. Um, were those Super Bowl years uh, in, in the '90s and 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 the Aikman and and Irvin and Smith and and just that whole team? <laughs> that those were just some memories that I I will cherish for the rest of my life. So um, definitely and obviously as a Cowboys fan, those are the last years that we've had to, <laughs> to uh, look back on with with great joy. And uh, as Wayne would probably tell you, those are the only years that mattered because those are the only years we won the Super Bowl in our lifetime. So. Yep. All the rest of them couldn't just be seven and nine and mediocre like we've been. So, yeah. But, what was uh, it that you said the other day, Wayne? If you're if you're not in the Super Bowl, you lost, or what? What was that? Exactly? Yeah. If you if you didn't win the Super Bowl, I mean, why'd yeah. you put? Or you know, you didn't you didn't win, so better get better luck next year. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So basically, basically, Wayne's uh, Ricky Bobby's dad. So if you ain't first, you're last. Close. Um, but if you ain't so first, Wayne, you ain't first. <laughs> exactly <laughs> Wayne you want to give us a little history on your family yeah man I mean it's a lot like you um, you know my dad uh, grew up watching him I asked him one time because as a kid I used to get made fun of because I wasn't a Steelers fan I liked the Cowboys I said dad why do you like the Cowboys he said well when I grew up my TV only got channel 5 and channel 12 and he said the only football team they showed on there was Dallas Cowboys that's why I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. <clears throat> Pretty much it. And uh, <laughs> no going back. Can't cheer for them for 
20 years and then change your mind. That's what they call a bandwagon fan. <laughs> and and the funny thing is, and I'm sure you've gotten this a lot, Wayne and, and Daniel, mm-hmm. I can imagine the same, is everybody just assumes that we're the bandwagon fans because we're Cowboys fans and right. living in West Virginia. When in all reality, we, that's just all we've ever known. Mm-hmm. So like it's not... A, a funny story um, about me being a fan of them as a young kid um, at church. Uh, I won't name the guys' names on the on the podcast here. If they're listening, they'll know who they are. But they had what they called a, a moose club. Well, all of the questions to get into the club were questions about the Dallas Cowboys. So they asked me, you know, name three players. And so I named three players. They told me I was wrong. So after church, they told me I couldn't be in a club. Which the funny thing is, they're not even Dallas Cowboy fans to this day. But, uh, <laughs> but I asked my dad, I said, uh, hey, Dad, uh, who led the Cowboys in uh, in receiving yards? He said, Michael Irvin. I said, yeah, I got that one right. I said, uh, who's the uh, who's the quarterback? He said, Troy Aikman. I said, yeah, I got that one right. And I said, uh, well, what's another wide receiver's name? He said, Alvin Harper. I said, well, that's what I said. But they told me I was wrong, so I couldn't be in their club. But I was a Dallas Cowboys fan, and they aren't. <laughs> it's like the – it's just perfect. Uh, it's just how my life went, right? Like even today, people just think you're a bandwagon fan. Yeah, that's just yeah, the life yeah. of being a Dallas Cowboys fan. Like you're, it doesn't matter if you have the best quarterback, best running back, best tight end, best linebacker. It doesn't matter. You're still a Dallas Cowboys fan, and that person just because they play for the Cowboys sucks because they're on the Cowboys. That's <laughs> yeah. just yeah. how it is. Yep. <laughs> yep. By association. Yep. Yep. We're the most hated and the most loved team in the world, mm-hmm. yeah. and the most hated and most well. We're the most hated fan base by all other fan bases, it seems like. So, yeah. So I guess you, uh, I know you don't like Jerry that well, but um, that's how you sell tickets. <laughs> that's why he made so much money off the Dallas Cowboys. Well, we'll get around to my, my <laughs> relationship or feelings towards Jerry. I wouldn't say that I don't like him. It's just a, mm. he's, he's <laughs> worn on me, I guess, to, so to say. Uh, Daniel, what about you, man? What, what, why would you tell people that you are a fan of the Dallas Cowboys? Well, why would I tell them? Because uh, they're the best team in the NFL. No, I mean, no, what, I know. when people ask you why, <laughs> no, no. what would you say? Um, well, I think, obviously, like you both kind of stated, you know, growing up, you know, in the early 90s, you know, with the Super Bowls and, you know, we were dominant and Troy Aikman and all that. Um but I really think what what made me a Dallas Cowboys fan, and if you look at me, and I've got I've got two brothers. Um, my younger brother's a 49ers fan, and my older brother's a Bills fan. And who were the three pretty dominant teams around that time? Yep. The Bills, the 49ers, the Cowboys. And I I I don't know this for sure, but looking back on it, you know, as a 34-year-old guy, I think it was like a like a sibling rivalry almost like you like that team and they're great. You like that team and they're great. Well, I like this team because they're great. And it just kind of went from there. Um, 
but you know, and I, I hadn't even really thought of it that way, but I think, I think that might have a little bit to do with me as well, because my brother, you know, he, he and I are six and a half years apart and, uh, he was a Redskins fan. So, mm. you know, that, that was, and, and the funny thing too, is like, you know, so he was a Redskins fan. I was a Cowboys fan. Um, he was a Jeff Gordon fan. I was a Dale Earnhardt fan. <laughs> like it didn't matter what the, the sport was. Those were our two most common sports growing up and, and baseball a little bit too, but I don't even remember who he liked in baseball, but, um, but you know, it seemed like it was a sibling rivalry or, you know, whatever he liked, I had to like the opposite, yeah. you know, the, the, the yin and the yang, so to speak. But mm-hmm. I don't mean to step, step on you if you want to continue there. Oh no. I mean, it was like <clears throat> same with baseball, like, you know, Nathan, my older brother, Blue Jays fan, uh, ever since he was little, I was a Atlanta Braves fan. Um, so yeah, I really think that's that was it. And then, you know, like honestly, for like my my teen like high school years, I didn't watch a lot of football. Um, but once I got out of high school, that's when I started like getting into it. And then it just kind of steamrolled after that. And obviously, like whenever I would watch football, it was the Cowboys or the Steelers because they were on TV. You know, like at that point in time. But like even now, I watch I watch every game I possibly can. A lot of it's for fantasy purposes, but. I just like football. Um, So like, you know, I would, whatever was on TV and being from West Virginia and having only local channels until we got cable or NFL Sunday ticket or anything, you're kind of stuck watching the Browns, the Steelers, the Bengals, you know, any of those teams like that. Um, But the best thing about being a Dallas Cowboys fan in this, you know, area is that those primetime games, anything like it's, it's always the Cowboys. You're always going to get those games. Um, Oh yeah. But whenever they're playing at one o'clock, if you don't have Sunday ticket around here and you don't have cable, you're kind of screwed to sitting on your phone and watching highlights, you know, so. Yeah, unless um, they're playing one of the local teams. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think I, it was a lot mm. of the sibling rivalry. I think I really I really think it was. So. Was your dad, does your dad follow NFL at all? I don't even remember if Uncle Randy is a, a football fan. He's more into college sports. Um, but whenever I ever ask him who he likes in the NFL, he likes the Browns. Um, okay. So, but he's not, he's not really a fan of the Browns. He just likes, I think he just likes the old, the old Browns organization. Um, yeah. But the Jim Brown days. Yeah. So. Well, that's, and I, like I said, I, I had no clue who he even liked, but that makes sense that he was more of a college fan than, um, but yeah, that. And and that's cool too, you know, that um it wasn't just something, you know, like me and Wayne where it was something that our dad kind of organic or you know, innately mm-hmm. built into our psyche, so to speak. Um, but more so like you kind of grew out of a um a rivalry type environment. That's 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 kinda neat too. Yeah. In, in its own aspect. So yeah, and I think my dad's brother might have played a part in it too because I, I stayed with him a few times whenever I was younger and he's a huge Dallas Cowboys fan, my Uncle Doug. And his wife um, at the time was a Philly fan. So it was just like heated in that house. There was like Philly stuff and Cowboys stuff. It's like, you know, and I obviously <laughs> growing up, like I had a thing for the Cowboys. So I always sided with, you know, with him. Um, so it was always kind of a weird kind of feeling being there. You know, there's... There's right. a Philly flag, but then there's a Cowboys flag. It's like, 
I would rip your throat out. Like, <laughs> I just can't. No way. No way. So, but. <clears throat> oh, good thing you didn't because, you know, you would have not be here joining yeah, us exactly. today on yeah. this podcast, <laughs> being our valuable producer and editor. Yeah. I mean, I'm so, just, I'm just stating like, I, I, I can't, like, I'm not going to marry an Eagles fan. Like it, you could be the perfect woman, but I'm not going to marry you. Yeah, that would it's be just silly. not going to happen. Well, good like, thing is I don't <laughs> think any Eagles fans will actually be listening. So I think you'll be safe. Um, but who knows? You might, you might look into one. It's hard to tell. Yeah. We'll, we'll make sure that we scare them off. Though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I want to take this minute or this opportunity and um, we're already about 15 minutes into the recording, but um, did need to mention we are not in any way, shape or form affiliated with the NFL or the Dallas Cowboys yet. Yet. We would maybe possibly (laughs) like to be one day to get a, you know, one of those big fat checks, but in no way, shape, form or fashion are we affiliated in any official capacity with the NFL or yep. the Dallas Cowboys. See, my goal, and I set this goal a couple of years ago, was to, like, because I've been in podcasting for almost three years now, um, and I've been recording with bands and all that stuff for a long time. Um, my goal eventually is to, I want to work for the Cowboys in their media department, like doing one of their podcasts or like, you know, doing producing for something like I, that's my goal. That's my long-term goal. So little did you know, Daniel, that your cousin was going to be the catapult to get you to that goal. I hope so. And then this podcast will be a part of their podcast. The, yeah, yeah. it will be the penultimate. <laughs> we'll be the East- that, I don't even think that's the right word. We'll be the <clears throat> inaugural Official Dallas Cowboys podcast. Yes, maybe. I hope so. Hopefully, <laughs> do you? Did you guys? Did you ladies pick up on that though? This guy is not only a producer of podcasts and a Dallas Cowboys fan. Those two things make him pretty awesome. But he's also been in bands. Yes, and I'm single. Not even Andy single. And those three reasons that he just mentioned are why I'm single. So <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he's a yeah. catch, ladies. He's a catch. Yeah. Just right. like this. So moving into our unofficial, not affiliated with the NFL or Dallas Cowboys podcast, um, what we'd like to do each week is we will do a game previous, uh, the previous game recap. So we're recording right now on a Wednesday night. So we'll be talking about the game that was played on Sunday versus the Rams. And then we'll also do a week two or the, the following week preview and and roll into some score predictions and whatnot. So um, rolling into last week's game. Oh, gosh. Um, our chat was lively, <laughs> needless to say. Um, there was a lot to digest. There was a lot to um, get angry about. And there was also a lot to, I think, you know, look forward to with some hope. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I think I think the outcome might not be as gloomy as the, um, as it seems from that loss. Um, so rolling right into game one, what were your initial thoughts, Daniel, um, coming into that or coming out of that game and in, in the loss to the Rams 2017 loss? Um, my, with, with this weird off season, like it's, it's hard to, 
tell what the Dallas Cowboys are going to be based off of one game because it was such a weird offseason. Um, I think the the Rams outplayed us. Um, I, I don't think our defense looked great. I think – and just the fact that the Rams pulled a, a Dallas Cow- – or what I feel like the Dallas Cowboys should be and just dink and dunk down the field and they, they wore our defense out, you know, then – I don't know. Like it, it was, it was tough to watch. Um, as far as defense goes about halfway through the game, you guys will have to really kind of take that because as we know from the chat, I, I actually went to the bathroom and then I think that's whenever, uh, Uzi made the interception and (laughs) from then on out, that's when we (laughs) told you to get out of the room because that was the only time anything good was happening. Yeah. On defense, I had to leave the room. So I was kind of like watching from an angle and like I'm I'm not a superstitious person, but when it comes to the Cowboys, like there's little things that I do every year that, you know, if it works, it's gonna stay. If I'm wearing a jersey and we get blown out, that jersey is in the closet until next year. I'm just weird like that. Um Yeah, right now I'm not gonna be wearing the shirt that I was wearing that night until I get a chance to try it again maybe later. Yeah. If I have to rotate it back around to it. <laughs> yeah. Um I I honestly like you know, I'm not, I, I don't want to be negative because everybody's always negative about the Cowboys. Even people who talk about the Cowboys always negative. Um, I actually really kind of like what I saw from Mike McCarthy. I like, I like what Kellen Moore's doing on offense. I like, I like that we're getting Zeke more involved in the passing game. I love that. Um, something Jason Garrett just refused to do. Um, or he would do it like three plays and then never go back to it again. Yeah. Um, using Zeke in the red that, zone. Yeah, he would use that uh, screen play. Mm-hmm. How many how many yards did Saquon have? Did he have a bad game? He had six yards, I think. He had a terrible oh, yeah. game. He only scored Rushing. like five or three points or something on fantasy. Okay, just yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know what? Okay, so I was talking to my brother earlier about that game, actually, and watching that game. That first that first couple drives that that the Giants had it was like that's great. Like that that they look pretty decent against that defense. Like the Steelers defense is nothing to shake a stick at. They're pretty good. Um, and then as the game went on, it was like watching the Cowboys. It, it was <laughs> I like didn't even the watch it. same plays. Like I, oh, I, yeah, I, watch part of it. yeah, I watch, I watch as many games as I possibly can. I just love watching football regard. Even if I hate the two teams, which I hate the giants and I hate the Steelers, I'll still watch it because I like football. Um, yeah. But I yeah. try to, but kids kind of interrupt that if it's not yeah. a priority game. So. <laughs> um, but as far mm-hmm. as like an overall feeling of the Cowboys, um, I might get like some hate for this, but I like the fourth down call of going for it. I like that call because it shows that we've got balls. It was early enough in the game to where if something, you know, if we didn't get it, that we yeah. should be able to come back. And I don't, I don't like a pushover coach. And I think McCarthy was trying to prove a point that he's not going to be Jason Garrett. He was trying to prove to the Cowboys nation that he's not going to be the same type of coach that we've had. So I really like that call. Like we have the, we have the, um, we have the hindsight to know that it didn't work in the end, but at that time I like that call. Um, Oh, I did too. And, And Wayne, you even talked about it too. I think, uh, when we were chatting a little bit earlier, that yeah. you know that was a great call. You just 
you know, you have a rookie wide receiver who ran short of the sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, that's just that's something that's going to happen. And when yeah. when you're throwing that pass to CD Lamb and not, you know, Amari Cooper, <clears throat> I think it should have but, been to Elliott. Um, I didn't. I don't know where he was on the field, but I think that play should have been designed for Elliott and not the rookie. Um, Elliott's big yeah. enough and stout enough to run through people to get that first down. Sure. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. But anyway, that's that's kind of my take on the game, I guess. I'm still kind of bitter about it, but you know, <laughs> freaking Robert Woods. Oh, I know. Well, I, and I, I've got. I'm going. There's something I think that'll make you feel a little bit better about that here in a minute. But um, I want to get Wayne's thoughts, overall thoughts on the game um, first off, and then we'll go through some of, some of my notes and we'll roll down through the game. Okay. You know, um, you know, like Daniel said, I'm not I'm not mad about the fourth down call. Um, um, it's kind of a long drawn out answer, but the short end of it is, um, we had plenty of opportunities after that to get back into it. Um, I thought it was a good time to go for it, especially us being on the road. Um, we kind of needed something to propel us to, to kind of run away with it, or at least, you know, squash them a little bit. I did think that lamb does need to run to the sticks, but you know, it's his rookie year with a weird off season no preseason. Um, I just think that injuries kind of killed us a little bit with our momentum playing on the road. And then there's no crowd at all. It's going to be weird for them guys. I've even heard guys this week that played in those games be like, you know, it's really different. Um, it's hard to keep, uh, keep your momentum or, or keep juiced for the play, you know? So I think us coming, you know, home and supposedly there's going to be a, a crowd will really help. Um, but overall, I mean, it seems like they were going to score 40 points on us and they only scored 20. So I think we, we kind of did better defensively than we're giving ourselves credit for. Um, I yeah, I think, say- I think we were kind of amped up, um, you know, excited about the D because of all the moves we'd made yeah. in the off season and, and whatnot. And, and, you know, they they drove right down our throats that very first drive, and it just made us. That, I mean, honestly, it was like they just took every ounce of air that I had in my balloon and and sucked it full or sucked it completely out. So, but I, um, I think in the end, I think a lot of it is um, no no preseason, super weird off off season. Um, just really, you know, no no people in the stands for the most part, and. Um, this is really strange way to start the season. I don't think that um, you're going to get the the real um, feeling of an NFL game for probably three weeks. Um, hopefully, we don't have to lose everyone to get to that point. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but I, losing on the road in a new stadium to a really quality football club by three points, especially when we had all the opportunities we had, you know, I'm not mad at it. It's just um, 16 game season. Um, we don't have to win them all to be there in the end. Yeah, and to go back yeah. to like the the defensive side of it, <clears throat> like you were saying, <clears throat> we only lost by three, um, right. and the entire game from the defense that I saw because I was out of the room for most of it, um, <laughs> I was really like upset at the defense. I was like, this is this looks just like last year. We're just getting ran yeah. over. But like 
Sean McVay is not an idiot, and Sean McVay knows our defensive front is stout. And if you noticed yep. that they were, it was short pass and quick releases constantly. They were just hitting us with that, and that's how they did it. Because, and you saw whenever we got pressure on Goff, he can't do anything, and and Sean McVay knows that, and he played to our he, he played to our weakness, and didn't let us showcase our strength of our defensive front. And that's that, that played a really big part in the drives that they had and kept our defense on the field and tired tired us out. So sorry about that. I just lost my headphones right off of my head <laughs> trying to adjust them. <clears throat> um, so yeah, definitely agree on most of everything you guys have said. Absolutely. And, and, um, you know, Going back to that very first drive, um, like I mentioned before, you know, we had literally, I think, two of those, yeah, two of those passes that Woods um, caught in that first drive. He caught three straight passes for them, and two, the first two of them were behind, either behind the line of scrimmage or no more than two yards down the field. And he took off like a rocket, mm-hmm. and our our secondary was nowhere to be found. He completed. I, I looked at it. Um, I looked at it right before the recording. The first one was twenty yards. The second one was thirty-one yards. Fifty-one yards in two plays for one guy, and then he had another catch in that same drive for n- an extra nine yards. So sixty of his yards. He had one hundred and five on the game. 60 of his yards on three catches in the very, very first drive. Now, I got curious after I looked at that. He had six catches on the whole game. So half of his catches in one drive, he had two more in the first half um, that were basically inconsequential. And his last catch was on the very first drive of the second half, which ended in a punt, I believe. So to give you a little, you know. So they adjusted. Yeah. yeah, they adjusted really well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it ended in a punt. They had seven. It was a seven-play, 21-yard drive that ended in a punt. Oh, I'm sorry. I was wrong. That, w- that was our drive. Their drive ended in a touchdown. So that was a touchdown. <laughs> but that was his last catch of the game. Oh, um, almost won the game. Yep. But, no, <laughs> but that, my point is, they made adjustments, and he had one more catch in the rest of the game. The yeah. guy that was tearing us up. Yeah. Now, not to take credit away from Malcolm Brown because he had a heck of a game. Yeah. Um, but you know, their their strongest wide receiver for 105 yards in the game was basically only doing that over one half, and then the other guys were all all the other receivers on their team had 40 yards or less. So it looked bad at first. I agree with what you guys are saying, but I think um, it was way better than it really, than that, than the look felt, I guess. Well, you know, I think we did really well um, when we had opportunities to to rush the passer, but when they were actually just initiating the blocks, uh, we had a little trouble. We kind of got manhandled by them, but I think we adjusted and kind of, um, push them around, not, not dominated or anything, but kind of, um, I guess they adjusted the gameplay 
uh, game calls to what would really what they were expecting. So they didn't have the advantage on us when they were calling those little plays again, where they throw two yards down the field. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and you know, in the second half, um, I felt like you know they really decided to just the the D line just kind of got the green light and um, they were after the quarterback every down it seemed like and but the thing of it is and i looked i went back and looked because i was i was watching the highlights before we did this recording um just to kind of refresh my mind on the game and and a couple things from the defense that really stood out to me is how well the new guys and i'm talking about the the free agent guys um played Alden Smith, I mean, come Bro, on. He played he like led a the, monster. Led the yeah, team in gonna, tackles. Had, big yeah, had 11 tackles. Um, had our only sack. Um, you had An- Emerson Griffin. Freaking had a really, really key pass batted down at one point. Um, also had three tackles. And Don Terry Poe also had three tackles. So these guys were making their, their presence felt. And Alden also was the one. Alden Smith was also the one who put the pressure on on uh, the quarterback and caused oh, the Awuzier yeah, interception. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, you know, a key play that he didn't directly make, but caused a turnover, which you know was our only turnover of the game. So um, a really good showing by all of the new guys. Um, you know, with that came with a lot of question marks you know was alden smith going to be able to he hadn't played football in like what four years or three years or something five years um he's been five years yeah yeah. so um you know crazy that he hadn't even played and he comes in and he makes you know leads the team in tackles has a uh, you know a great play to cause a interception Uh, i mean he was all over the field and and you know the announcers were talking about it everybody was talking about it and heck those smith brothers they're looking good, man. Yeah, they're definitely I, strong. <laughs> I don't think you can discredit their uh, offensive line either. You know, um, we might not have had our way with them, but they're pretty good. We'll we'll be able to dominate quite a few teams this year. Yeah, um, the Rams line. Yeah, yeah their line. Their line's pretty stout. Hey, your offensive line doesn't need to be the best if you get rid of the ball in right. point two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, crap, uh, two they, seconds. They, they like were also was... moving. They were making holes yeah. for 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 Brown too. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. yeah, uh, Malcolm Brown had 18 carries for 79 yards, so he averaged 4.4 yards a carry and two touchdowns. That's, I mean, that's definitely moving the D line there. Yeah. So, and I, I don't know. I didn't really go back and and evaluate the 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 majority of the run plays, but I don't remember them running a whole lot of you know, uh, uh, pitches or outside runs or anything like that. It seemed like it was a fairly, um, you know, decent amount of them were between the tackles. So, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's moving some meat there. Um, and, and the other thing I wanted to bring up too, while we're talking about our D line is where is DeMarcus Lawrence? The man got paid and has not done anything since. He's um, pretty famous. He gets a lot of double teams. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, you answered your own question. He got paid. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, you know, not, not, you know, he didn't, he didn't put up the numbers. Like, I mean, as far as sacks go last year, 
but he was still dominant. Um, I give it time with Lawrence though. Like I think Lawrence is like with Alden Smith, dude, him and him, Alden Smith side by side, scare the shit out of me. They're, they're both just, and, and Alden Smith is bigger than Lawrence. And those two guys just like, they're just, they're beasts. And yeah, they might get Gregory back. Yeah. Gregory will be what, uh, what, six weeks? Six, uh, week six, maybe week, week six. seven. Yeah. And I thought the, it was five. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, we, we can we right. can look at it, but yeah, um, dude, Gregory, I always loved watching Gregory play. Randy Gregory, yeah, when he's is, on the field and and his head's right, man, he man, that was probably the best draft pick we ever made, other than mm-hmm. his uh, problems. Yep. But yeah, like I'd, I I'd say give Lawrence time. Um, you know, like I it's it's all I could really say about anything because just because of the weird off season, I mean, yeah, I agree. you know. You don't want to go out there and hurt yourself because you're overdoing it. But at the same time, you're a football player. You have to put your all into it um, on every play. But I just feel like just with – give it, you know, like what would Mike McCarthy say, like the honeymoon's over? That, <laughs> yep, that, yep. He said now, now we're going to win. Like to me, that that means that we're going to just absolutely smash the Falcons on Sunday. Oh, yeah. But <clears throat> that's that's part two. Yeah. Talk about that in a second. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I like it. I'd <laughs> yeah, say, I like that. I'd say in time. Uh, my biggest concern on our team is our offensive line. Now, yes. I and and I say that, but kind of with a grain of salt because it was Aaron Donald. And Aaron Donald, like, I don't care what you say about you know, anything. Like Aaron Donald's he's oh. just the best. He's like a, at what he's he does. A beast. Yeah, there's no, I mean, he's a freaking bowling ball. Yeah. And I think it was the, I think it was, it was definitely Joe Looney. I don't know if it was Zach Martin. I think it was Looney and Martin where he just, he pushed them both over in like one swoop. He pushed both of them over. And it's like, you just, some things you just can't, you you just try, but you're not going to, you're not going to win that battle. Not against Donald, not every time. So, but our offensive line. How bad are we missing Collins right now, though? Steele looked so out of sorts. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. Yep. So out of sorts. <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, you know, there, there's definitely, and, and we don't want to, like you said, we, we want to try to keep this as positive as we can. Um, so, But we also are going to be realistic. Um, you know, we'll talk about the, the bright spots and the bad spots, but – um, we're not going to just down the whole team the whole time that we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys, but, um, I was definitely not impressed with steel. Um, I am nervous that he's our best option right now at right tackle, um, with Collins out that kind of isn't too, um, you know, exciting. So. Hopefully he gets it together. Hopefully it was just first game jitters at starting right tackle for the Dallas Cowboys type thing, but um, we'll see because he needs to be strong to get our running game going. Yeah, um, I think uh, I think they'll be able to look at some film though and and figure out ways to work around that. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, maybe have someone help him or or even target that side with screens and stuff. I mean, I, I don't think even think it goes with a weird off season. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know I don't think. I don't think he was necessarily bad in run offense. Um, I think his his biggest issue was pass pro, 
Um, that was where all of the pressure was coming from. And all three sacks, I think I'd have to go back, but I, I'm pretty sure every time he was sacked, it was from the right side. Um, I think there was, I think there was one from his blind side. I think there was from what I can remember, but, but yeah, yeah. I have to go back and watch again, but yeah, that's, that was one, one thing, um, on the offensive line that really stood out to me, obviously other than the, the, the clear, just domination from uh um from Donald. Why is his name dropping me? Aaron Donald. Yeah, Aaron yeah. Donald's domination <laughs> yeah. on the on the center of the O line, but um that man's just a he you know he's a wrecking ball. And, yeah. But I felt like we adjusted well to him and his pressure up the up the middle. Oh yeah. Um you know, chipping with the running back and whatnot to help give a, a little bit extra time. But um I want to talk about what. How do you guys like the idea of only having two running backs? And what did you think about Pollard? Um, I felt like Pollard was um, showed a good bit of his potential, um, and was feeling. I, I feel pretty good about this offense when he's on the field. So, what what do you think? I think Pollard could be a starting running back on any offense in the NFL. I think Pollard's a great talent, <clears throat> and whenever he's on the field and Elliott's not, it's, it's like no difference. I think he's a little bit more talented in the passing game. Um, He's quick. He's just good. I just like him. I like Pollard. Yeah, I like him. He's a good player. Yep. I uh, As far as two or three backs um, – it uh, worries me maybe if one of them gets hurt because there's not any depth there. But um, I assume with the new rules um, where you can call up off of IR and practice squad and stuff that uh, we already have a plan for that. I don't know what it is, but um, I got, I got a little healthy. I don't have a problem with it. But, got a little uh, trivia question for you then. Go ahead. We currently have a third listed on our depth chart oh gosh you guys don't have the depth chart in front of you i don't i don't have the depth chart in front of me all right who who do you think it is (laughs) a running back yeah i just happened to look and i'm like uh there's no way they're gonna know this has he been on the team before like in the past um he's a rookie he's a oh he's a rookie okay then no because because before the season started, there were talks of bringing Jalen Smith's brother back. Um, I thought he did really well too. I yeah, like him. Yeah, me too. Um, but he went to Philly, yeah. didn't he? And that really kind of irked me. I'm not sure. I think he went to Philly. This guy literally never even heard of him. Rico Dowdle. Dowdle. Oh no, I don't. D o w d l e. That's the currently listed as third. I thought. I mean. They they separate out the practice squad from this depth chart typically, but he's listed on here. So, um, um, well, that doesn't he is on the practice squad. That doesn't make me too comfortable. If I mean, you guys, <laughs> you guys are way more in tune with college sports than I am. I don't really watch college sports, so you guys, you know, if anybody on this podcast would have heard of him, it would have been you guys. And the fact that you haven't, and he's a rookie, doesn't yeah. make me feel too good about our depth. <clears throat> he played for South Carolina, okay, and literally never even heard of him. No, so. I mean, yeah. given, given like, you know, Elliot stayed Those healthy. Those are the good guys, though. Those are the good guys. <laughs> you know, Elliot stayed healthy. Pollard's good. Like, 
you know, if Elliot were to go down, Pollard could take that role and be fine. Um, but as far as depth goes, like, yeah, having somebody behind them on the practice squad that's at least experienced uh, right. would make me feel a little bit better. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, there's always the possibility of, uh, you know, bringing some up in free agency. I haven't, I haven't looked at the free agents out there right now as far as running backs go, but I'm sure there's somebody out there. Yeah. Devontae yeah. Freeman. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So, we former thousand yard rusher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't want to pay for that. <clears throat> no. So covering Pollard, I, th- I agree. I think he is an excellent compliment to Zeke. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fond of him right now until he does something to screw it up. I'm going to say that he, I think he's going to be a good player for us. Now don't get I negative. Definitely don't Mitch. feel like <laughs> I'm not. I definitely <laughs> don't feel like the offense has to look any different when he's in the game and Zeke's not. So that is a good yeah. thing. Yeah, he's good. He actually surprised me in his running game. You know, I know uh, in college he did a lot of, um, you know, sliding up in a slot and and receiving. Um, I was actually really surprised what he could do running. Um, so I'm happy, but to the point that we play them both at the same time um, with injuries and everything, it's kind of worrisome that uh, Rico is our only uh, line of defense behind them as far as having someone in the game. Yeah. You know, and, and one thing I was going to bring up um, kind of pertains now, but it, it, um, because of the topic at hand, but I was going to talk about it at the end of the game. Um. I am not huge on, uh, and, and I know he's our tight end one now, but I, I'm i not a huge fan of Dalton Schultz as a receiving end. Um, yeah. Um, I like Dalton. I'm just, and, and when we were, you know, trying to make that drive at the end of the game to get into scoring position to to win the game, and we have three amazing receivers, Amari yeah. Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, and Zeke's on the field. And then you have Schultz. They are not looking at Schultz at all. Those mm-hmm. defenders are leaving him alone. They don't They don't that's need good. to guard him. No, it's not because we're not throwing to him in those situations. We need somebody else. Right. No, we wouldn't. Delaney Walker. We need somebody else on the field. Delaney Walker. Man, I like that is a threat. In those certain certain circumstances, mm-hmm. and I just did not love having him in there at the end of the game. And you know, that was one thing though. You mentioned having them having Pollard and Zeke on the field at the same time. With Pollard's receiving ability, his speed, I would have much rather have him on the field with with the other skilled positions on that last drive to try to win the game versus having Dalton Schultz on the field. Now, was he actually? Well, I think they had him on the field for the chip blocks. I think he was there yeah. to block more than actually get the reception because they were having so much trouble on that side. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Like, I, I thought he was more of a, you know, on there well, for protection for Dak. And then I was out. thinking that too, but I remember specifically thinking that, and I looked and I, I watched for if he was going down the field or if he was chipping or just blocking. And he was down the field every play. Oh. So, oh, I thought I watched him uh, chip and release. I thought. Maybe on the earlier downs, but like especially 
once we get at the end of the game. Closer yeah, to mid- yeah, that's what I'm talking about, the last drive. Yeah, and that's what I thought he did. midfield, he was leaving and down the field every time. Hmm. So, yeah, I, so- I don't know. I just That's just one of my nitpick things, like, you know, looking at where we can improve. I, I don't – I didn't really love – I loved our – two-minute drill at the end of the half, the first half, we played perfect. Mm-hmm. But our two-minute drill at the end of the game did not work at all. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, did did uh, Jarwin got hurt in the first half, so he wasn't even in that. Oh, yeah, drill. he he went out fairly early. Yeah. Um, I had high hopes for Jarwin this year. I really thought that he was going to – he'd be a top-ten tight end in the league. Um, he looked good. Yeah. Could be. I thought he I thought he played well last year. I really do. Um but it just that that just that's a huge blow. We need oh, a is. good receiving tight end and then somebody that can block too. You know, we need somebody that can do both. Um that's yeah, reliable. Not everybody not everybody can be Jason Witten. Yeah, I mean, maybe we're just spoiled <laughs> you know, from having Jason boy. Witten for so long so we just expect it. Your boy. So, boy. We Witten the Best tight end ever. Mm-hmm. Love Jason Witten. It's so weird yeah. seeing him in a Raiders uniform. It's so weird. I, I refuse to watch. Oh, I didn't watch it. I just saw a picture of it, and it's like it's just weird. He looks mean now. He just it just putting on a Raiders uniform makes you look mean. I don't like it because Jason Witten's sweet, Traitor. and I love him. <laughs> nah, I still like him. Yeah. I still like him. Come back, Jason. We'll trade you. You can come no, back. I don't want him to come play. He can come coach, but I don't want him to play. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, can be I'm, a tight ends uh, coach I'm or something. That line too. I yeah. don't <laughs> need him to take a roster spot to run a one yard curl. Yeah, and then drop the ball or fumble it because that's what he was doing <laughs> last year. So, <laughs> hey, hey, leave my Witten alone. Hey, I love Witten just as much as you. I'm just saying <laughs> he didn't play well last year. That's it. Even though he was like a top ten fantasy tight end, but that's because tight ends last year were trash. Yeah, hey, I mean uh, maybe, but. <laughs> Maybe we can see uh, the guy from Michigan uh, come on, uh, McKeon. Sean McKeon, yeah. Yeah. Well, right now Blake Bills listed as the as the number yeah. two. I I've heard that they only liked him blocking wise. I mean, he had he had a good career there at Oklahoma. He's the Oklahoma guy. Yeah, he was yeah. he was pretty good there. The uh, uh, Bell Monster or, or something like that they called him out there. I don't remember what they the called Belldozer. him. Belldozer. <laughs> Belldozer. Belldozer. Rush it. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, they would put him in as a fullback and stuff. They yeah. used him in a lot of different, a lot yeah, of different. He, he used to be a quarterback, right? Yeah, he was a quarterback too. Yep. Yeah, that's the kind of guy we need to come through for us. <clears throat> He's just not quite as versatile as the uh, what's the guy's name down at, in New Orleans that can do everything. Ben. Uh huh. Taysom Hill. Yeah, Taysom Hill. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Taysom Hill's a quarterback oh, that plays tight end. Like, like, yeah, that <laughs> yeah. guy, that that guy does. You know, was quarterback, but Taysom Hill's just Taysom Hill's just good. He's good. <laughs> He's just good at everything. You could. Speaking of good, though, you know, I was looking back at the numbers, and Dak looked good. Oh yeah. Um, other than a few errant throws, and we talked about it um in our in our group chat, but that pass that hit Amari's leg when Amari wasn't looking on third and five and Amari was short of the sticks too um, was about the only really blatantly bad non-batted non you know uh, defensive you know 
making a, a problem for him. Well, he hits the guy in the thigh to catch it if he's an NFL receiver. He wasn't even looking. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't looking for the pass. But Dak was 25 of 39, 64 point some odd percent passing. Um, only had 266. It felt like more, but only had 266. It should have been um, more. It should have been about, what, three? It should have been <laughs> another 50, yeah. 60 more. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. At least. Dude, but that yeah, pass, dude, okay, so that pass to Gallup, like, I, you can you can dog on me all you want, but if you're out there and you think Dak's a shitty quarterback, like, just because he's a cowboy, if he was on any other team, you'd be like, Dak's right. great. Oh, that dude, is exactly that, why they think he's shitty, is because they think, <clears throat> because he plays for the Cowboys. Dude, that pass to Gallup was beautiful. Oh, it, it was. was. It was on perfect. the money. Oh. And, you know, honestly, I don't think Gallup even needed to have his arm back. It, even think- if even if he hadn't hit um, – and, and I'm not even saying there wasn't a little bit of a push-off, but there was just as much going from the defense as it was from mm-hmm. Gallup. And Gallup's arm was literally trapped. Yeah. But had he not had his arm back, even if – even with the corner there, he would have – the ball was on the money. He would have made the catch. Yeah. I feel like he was just reaching back to like, you know, when he was looking up, he can't look at the defender. So he's just kind of push – not pushing off, but like feeling where the guy is. And then Jalen yeah, can't yeah. catch up. So Jalen's like, oh, he's killing me. Right. Ramsey's grabbing yeah. his arm, making it look worse and acting. And, yeah, I mean – Which it also helps that he's Jalen Ramsey. So, you know, they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's so good at – you know, covering. Absolutely. Best yeah. acting award goes to Jalen Ramsey, without a doubt. Yeah, I hate um, to be a homer there, but um, that really took me flashback to um, Des caught it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Home crowd. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Am, I, am I the only one of us three that saw whenever that hit that he put on Cooper that laid Cooper out? Like, I, I, get, I get being cocky and playing football. Oh, yeah. I get that, but, dude, like – it would take a lot for me not to get up in somebody's face after they did that and then standing over me like he did. Like, I, dude, Jalen Ramsey's a punk. I got to go back and look it up now. I do not he like. And then, they, and then they act like it was a fumble. Yeah. Come on. Like everyone in the stadium knew he never even caught it. Oh, you're yeah. talking about the one where Amari caught it. Uh, yeah. They thought Amari caught it and they fumbled and all that. Yeah, that yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah, that yeah, was I'm absurd. I'm going to watch it right now here. Okay. But, but yeah, yeah, that like, was a third and five. <clears throat> And it wasn't even that big of a hit. He just had a just caught him in midair, basically. Yeah. Oh, and then he starts skipping down the field. Get the hell yeah. out of here, Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> You're a pussy. <laughs> yeah. Dude, anybody that uh, it, right. it was Jalen Ramsey that showed up in a Brinks truck, right? He did. Okay. It was him at uh the Jaguars. And he backed the Brinks truck up. Yep. At two uh twenty nineteen Jaguars training camp. But uh, the one other thing I was going to talk about, because we were talking, this started with us talking about uh, Dak and how well he played. Oh, yeah. But (laughs) his run on that third and, it was third and 13 in that final drive. And to be, I mean, I know he's a big dude anyway, but like he, you can tell he is playing for a contract because that dude, didn't back down from contact. He freaking lowered his shoulder and went right into a dude. And I mean, 
it was, I think it ended up being like fourth and inches as, mm-hmm. as what the next play was. And, and Zeke got it easily, but I mean, he laid it, uh, he, I don't care what anybody says. The man is a good freaking, good freaking quarterback and he's a leader and he's, uh, I mean, he's just, he's just great. He's a, he's, he's definitely going to be, I think he's going to go down as long as he stays, obviously. Um, he's going to go down and be one of their, one of the greats. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Definitely one of the better Cowboys quarterbacks of all time, for sure. Um, I love Dak. I've, I lo- I've loved him since, since he took over for Romo. Like I just, you know, he's, he's just, I mean, like, like you said, a good leader and that's something that you need. Like you need a good leader at quarterback. Um, and, his running threat is great, and I hope McCarthy uses that more this doesn't year. Doesn't overuse it. Yeah, I like that he doesn't overuse it. He uses it enough to keep teams honest, but yeah, you know, not he's not a run first. He's not a running back playing quarterback like <clears throat> Lamar Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did uh, I got a little hiccup in my throat there? <clears> oh <throat> uh, no, it's okay. Sorry, not back. But what no, did he say? Not um, bad for a running back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not bad for a running back. So, all right, we can move on though. I think we, you know, we've talked pretty thoroughly on the game itself. Um, uh, let's go forward and look at our predictions and what we think will happen with the Falcons. Finally, we, well, I say finally, like it's been so long. It does feel like it's been a really long off season, um, but we finally get a home game. Um, back in Texas, and we get the Atlanta Falcons, a team which it's really hard to tell who you're going to get when the Falcons come in to play. Uh, you know, with Matt Ryan can go anywhere from 400 yards and six touchdowns to 200 yards and three interceptions and two fumbles. So, um, but that being said, I think we match up well with them. I think our strengths um, on the defensive side are going to be a problem for them. Our front seven, especially our pass rush, and their weak often offensive line, I think I think it's going to be a problem. And hopefully, D Law can make a comeback and. Um, you know, start earning some of that paycheck he's swimming in. Um, but yeah, um, what are you guys' thoughts on the the Falcons? Obviously, they've got some weapons. Um, you know, Gurley's there now. Is, is this a team that we should worry about? What do you think, Wayne? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, they got every weapon you can imagine. They still managed to have 300-yard wide receivers versus Seattle. But, I mean, Seattle also has a really uh, ugly defensive unit, all aside from Jamal Adams, I think. Um, I don't know, man. It's, their offensive line's weak. Um, I think their left tackle's probably not going to play. Um, I think that really opens it up for some of our guys to get to uh, Matt Ryan. I think um, – He's actually really easy to sack once you get back there. Um, yeah, I not, think not mobile like Dak. 
Right. I actually think that uh, as a unit, I'll go ahead and predict that I think that we're going to have five plus sacks on on him. Ooh. Um, and I do see that it's going to be it's going to be a high scoring game. I think they're going to get their points versus us. Um, but I think that's because they're going to be forced to pass it a lot. I think um, their defense is also pretty suspect uh, to, you know, we're going to be able to get our guys to score um, quite a bit. I mean, they gave up 38 to the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks yeah. good team, but I think we <clears throat> equally have the um, personnel that Seattle has. Um, I think that they're going to be forced to throw a lot in the second half. So uh, that's the reason I'm saying we'll get a lot of sacks because um, I really think they're going to be dropping back a lot and we're going to have an opportunity to get to them, which could force some turnovers. So I like our chances. I like our chances a lot. Um, I think it's going to be a good matchup, though. But I, I, I really like us being at home and having a crowd. I really think it's going to help a lot, too. Yeah. I've got yeah, you said. I think you said before the, the before we uh, came on air, uh, we're expecting a crowd of about ten thousand, right? Yeah, that's what I read. Um, you know, we'll see if that is accurate or not. But ten thousand is a lot more people than zero. A lot more. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Daniel. Oh, I've got th- I've got three bold predictions for this game, and they're all three firsts for the year. All I think right. Diggs gets his first. I'm gonna write them down. Okay. All right. I think Diggs gets his first interception. Okay, I like that. I think D-Law is going to get his first sack of the year. At least one. I almost went with two, but I think that might be pushing it because of, one and a half. Yeah, one and a half. We, we can go with one and a half. D-Law will have yeah. one and a half sacks. And um, C.D. Lamb will have his first touchdown. His first, agree. his first passing touchdown. I think all three of those things are easily doable against this team. Um, but like you guys said, it's going to be high scoring. Um on our side, and then if it, it it could really go back and forth because Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, they're they're not two guys to mess around with. They're both extremely talented wide receivers. Julio is one of the best in the game. Um, but I think he just passed the twenty fourth all time receiving, I think, after last week. Did he? Yeah, I think so. He's good, and he's good, dude. And and you know everybody focuses on Julio and Calvin, but Russell Gage. Where is this dude came from? He had a heck of a uh, end of last year, but man, that guy. What helps when your your other two wide receivers are who they are? Yeah, yeah. but I mean, he had nine catches, nine catches for 114 yards. They he were also yeah, they were playing from behind that whole game too. Like they yeah. were they they were forced to pass the ball from the get go. So I mean, that's still impressive. I don't care who you are. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah. The, the, um, you got two two. Uh, Alabama Crimson Tide receivers and an LSU guy. Mm-hmm. That is a, I mean, a SEC yeah. power right there. Jesus. Julio passed Charlie Joyner for 24th all-time on the NFL's all-time receiving yards list. He's talented, man. He's very, very He's good. He's a good receiver. But, you know, and, and uh, we were talking about it, I think, earlier, too. We get uh, um, Jordan Lewis coming back, right? And so yep. – that's going to give us a little bit more depth at corner, hopefully. Um, Still says questionable, but should be. Right. So and we call it up Brandon Carr, which however you feel about that, that's a body, yeah. I guess. I mean, he's listed fourth on one one corner position, fourth yeah. in the depth. So I'm not sh- sure he's going to get a whole lot of playing time. But yeah. 
you know, we got Anthony Brown, Trevon Diggs, Cheetah Bay, Awuzier, and Jordan Lewis. Right now, we might be uh, we might be trying to move him over in the one of the linebacker slots or or change up uh, personnel group if if uh, we're still having injuries at linebacker. Oh, uh, we need that spot full. We need to move one over. Well, Sean Lee went on IR today. Um, yeah. So, and Van Der Esch is obviously out with his collarbone, and we, we we need we need a little bit more there, um, if not solely for rotational purposes. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, but, yeah. I mean, these guys got to get that. You're going to have to spell them at yeah. some point, and you know, Joe Thomas, you know, he's going to provide a little bit there, but you know, uh, you know, at middle yeah, linebacker, but he's not. There. Yeah, but he Joe Thomas is not Leighton Van Der Esch, and, no. and we all know that. But I think um, Gifford was yeah. questionable last week, wasn't he? I think so. Here too. So you got March and Thomas. I think someone else. Yeah, let me see. But we also just picked up the other Smith, which so now we have yeah. uh, Rashad Smith. So we could off have the Bears practice squad. Yeah, we could potentially have three Smiths playing at linebacker at one time. Let's do it. Smith, Smith, and Smith. The Smith family. Smith. Cubed. <laughs> Smith. Yeah. Uh, it's not cubed, is it? Oh, I don't know. Three? three. Four. That's four? No. It's, uh, what's three? I don't know. Trade. <laughs> Trade. Trade. <laughs> We're just Dallas Cowboys fans. We're not math majors, so don't no. judge us. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one here is an engineer. No. Definitely not. <clears throat> You're a mud engineer, aren't you? Uh, something I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't even know what he does. He just goes. Yeah, we don't want to get into that one. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't talk about it. <laughs> so let's go into. You guys mentioned some bold predictions, um, which really, I, I think Wayne's was bold, but uh, Daniel, I think all of your predictions are absolutely feasible, and if not plausible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, a bold prediction for me, if I had to give one, would be that we will score, outscore the Falcons by, let's see here. Let me think of how I want to word this. What was their <laughs> score against against uh, 38-25? Seattle. 38-25, so they lost by 13. Mm-hmm. I think we'll score more than Seattle will, or Seattle did against them. And we'll hold Atlanta to less than what they scored wow. in Seattle. That, that's pretty bold. So what, like 42 to 20, 42 21. to 21, 42 yep. 24, something like that? Well, we'll get to score predictions here in a minute. Yeah. Quit trying to steal my thunder. Oh, no, no, I'm just, I'm just saying. That's pretty bold. That, that is a very, that's a very <laughs> bold prediction. I'm saying NFL. Oh, with Matt Ryan so, and Julio Jones, yeah. That's that's a tough that one. That being said, hey, well, I mean, they can right. still they'll get some, but. Yeah, we rattle, so that we, we said, rattle Ryan early. It's over. Let's do it. <laughs> we have um, what I would like to do each week would be a score predictions and keep tally as the season season goes on obviously we missed the first week so we didn't get a chance to do that but um so um now that we've covered what we think will happen 
overall for the game against the Falcons. I think we are all on the same page that we're going to win um, or we think that we're going to win. Um, what are your score predictions? Daniel, you go first. I think it's going to be closer than than your prediction for sure. Um, I think both teams are going to score a lot, unfortunately. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, gosh. I hate doing score predictions, man. I just, I just I, I'm it. not very good at it, but it's, <laughs> yeah. I think it's fun and it's a, you know, something I mean, a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit of friendly competition to add to the podcast. Oh, definitely, so. definitely. Uh, well, we're we're definitely going to win. Obviously, I'm going to pick the Cowboys to win. Um, I'm going to go with uh, 34-30. Ooh, okay. That's a little closer than I'm comfortable with. But yeah, me too, but... It. You know, it's week two in a weird off season. We'll win, and but okay, so it's going to be thirty-four to thirty. But their their points are going to come in garbage time. Like they might score a touchdown or two before the third quarter, but the rest of it, like we're going to be up quick. Okay, so. I like that better. All right, Wayne, what do you got? Uh. Well, first off, Wayne, um, let me ask you this: uh, as our resident uh, house better extraordinaire. <laughs> Um, what is the uh, spread so the right total, now? The total is 52 points total with a, I believe the last I looked, it had come down from a four and a half uh, to a four. Uh, Cowboys are favored by four right now. Oh, look at that. Yeah. I'm betting, I'm betting and I don't even do that. Come on now. Originally, originally, I think we started the first line posted might've been like six, maybe seven. The one, yeah, I was going to say the one got bet down to four. The one I'm looking at was six and a half. So okay, so it's already bet down to four. The last I saw, ESPN um, says four and a half now. If different different outlets will give you different bets, you know, depending on how much action they have on each side. But um, a 52 total with a, a spread of four with Dallas favored. Uh, but I think that you're looking 31, 24 is the score I'll go with. But you know, I would. I would probably be more at like the um, 34 to 27, um, I would think. I think we're going to cover, and I think we're going to go over, uh, to be honest with you. So take it however you want to. Um, Maybe we'll blow them out, but I think it definitely goes over, and we definitely cover the four points. but I would say 31-24 is what I'd go on record with. All right, 31-24. So Wayne says, bet your entire life savings on the over, and we cover. <laughs> Good thing. If you win, send me a check. If you lose, <laughs> that was Mitch's advice. <laughs> <laughs> send him a bill. <laughs> and I will go with a score of, I'm going to say 41 to 20 even 41 to 20 41 20 damn that'll be all right i mean i'm fine with that score you know our our (laughs) our offense is electric can be electric and i really do think that uh 
they're going to continue to just go. Um, one thing I think with this, you guys have mentioned it several times, um, and I, and I agree, it's been such a strange off season. Um, it, one thing that I think cannot be denied, if you look at the first week of games, is um, it has benefited offenses more than defenses. Mm-hmm. I think offenses are a little bit easier to gel. Um, especially in the way the, the game is, is refereed now. Um, it's, it's geared more towards offenses being able to play well. Um, unless you're the that Browns. being said, what's that? Go ahead. I said, unless you're the Browns. Oh yeah. Unless you're yeah. the Browns, of course, but <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the paper champions of every season oh, prior yeah, to yeah. the yeah. Game, games being played. <laughs> um, but if you look at, um, you know, the way the games were played in the first week, the offenses did not struggle nearly as much as the defenses did. That being said, uh, uh, overall picture. Um, but that being said, I felt, and we and we talked about it when we were going over um, the Rams game, that our defense really made some amazing adjustments. And other than that first drive, um, you know, they really held up. It, it looked like we were going to give up 40 points, and we gave up 20. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe that that defense is better than it felt when we watched. So I think we're going to shut fairly well, shut down the Falcons um, because of our pass rush. Remember a couple of years ago, I think it was, uh, I think it was, um, Ty- it was when Tyron Smith was hurt and we were playing Atlanta in Atlanta <sighs> and, Dak got sacked like six times in a row Dude, that or game something. It was something where, that oh game scared was, me. Yeah, it was that, like the worst. Oh, it's terrible. I hated it. That is going to be what happens to them good. on Sunday. <laughs> good. Except for, It is our vengeance. <laughs> yeah. How, how many times, how, what's the over-under you would put on Zeke showing off his new tattoo in the end zone? <laughs> I was going to mention yes. that earlier. Oh, we've, yeah, we were. We even talked about it before you got on our. Uh, <laughs> before you get, jumped on the Discord, uh, Daniel, we were talking about. We had to talk about Zeke's new tattoo. Oh my god! But oh, just to recap though, before we roll on to Zeke's tattoo, so we had predictions totals were Daniel thirty-four to thirty, Wayne thirty-one to twenty-four, and myself forty-one to twenty. We all think the Cowboys will win. Now, Zach's. Feed or Zach's Zeke's feed me tattoo with a spoon. Oh my gosh! With a spoon, I love it. Was it. epic, <laughs> and and I didn't even notice it at first. Like I was, I think I was texting one of you guys on on the group chat, um, and Teresa was like, "Why is he showing his belly?" And I'm like, "Oh, he's pro- he just always used to wear like a cutoff <laughs> shirt." I didn't even think anything of it. I wasn't looking at all, and then they cut to the like the the. Um, the replay, like as they're going to commercial and they show him like pull his shirt up and he, and I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> that is epic and ridiculous. And only something that Zeke could pull off. Well, I thought it was weird that every time he got up from a, a run, his shirt was all the way down and then he scored. And I was like, that's what he was doing. Yep. <laughs> yep. He's waiting to unveil it. Yeah. Okay, so okay, so we didn't mention this. We did not mention this, and I, I not to take it back to the beginning of the podcast, but that first touchdown that he scored, he made like six defenders miss. 
and that's that's gonna be a meme that that has to be a meme for the rest of the season we yeah, gotta I've, use it oh i've already that, seen it it's, oh yeah i know it's the four amazing. players just yeah. staring at zeke and oh. it like he's 10 yards away from the end zone and he still scored like come yeah, on this, this is your reminder that zeke scored yep yep like anyway we can we can continue yeah. about his tattoo but i that just reminded me and I wanted to bring Zeke it up scored. earlier. And Des caught it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Definitely. One, one thing I'll mention, uh, Mitch, you um, talk about us, uh, you know, getting after him passing. We can't forget, though, that they have talked early now. So if they do actually use him correctly, um, that's going to be another tough thing to contend with. Although there's, um, you know, their local blog that writes for Atlanta uh, seems to not be happy with Dirt cutter in the way he actually utilizes Todd Gurley, um, but he's still a good running back. So yeah, he is. And 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 if you remember in the past, um, in games against the Rams when Gurley was there, he he gave us fits. He's always kind of been a a thorn in our side, and and that's true. I I had actually kind of forgotten about Todd Gurley and again until you mentioned him. But I still think overall our defense. Um, I'm I'm happy with our defense right now, and it's I it pains me to say that because the superstitious side of me <laughs> is worried that that's going to just mean that we're going to shit to bed and not do very well at all. But it does. I am I'm high currently on our defense. Well, so, um, something to be um, excited about is against the uh, the Falcons last week. Um, Chris Carson's a good running back, but he's not um, Ezekiel Elliott. He had two receiving touchdowns out of the backfield. Um, really easy short passes. Uh, they just they just couldn't cover it. Um, and their cornerbacks right now are a liability. So Dak has a really good chance to to light them up with pretty much any person he wants to throw it to. And and his accuracy, you know, he had a um, his QBR was seventy three something. Uh, I'm trying to pull it back up real quick, but I mean, it you know it yeah. his accuracy was you know not to be um, thumb you know not to thumb your nose at. But uh, yeah, I agree. Like uh, I, I'm I'm excited about this game. Um, now, one thing I wanted to roll into. Um, while we're talking about next week's games is fantasy can't miss start um, for week two from the Dallas Cowboys. Um, now, Daniel and I kind of more focus on as far as fantasy goes on the weekly redraft league. So um, he and I will give who we think um, you should play if you have a Cowboys skill position player or even the defense or whoever it might be, the kicker. Um, but we are going to focus on the redraft type leagues. Um, and Wayne, being our DFS expert as well, will give you um, whether he make, whether he thinks it's just you have to play this guy regardless of value or if it's just a guy that – is you know a low cost DFS play um, that he predicts will uh, you know really show out this weekend. So um, let's start with Daniel. Um, who do you got this week 
that you think if you have them on your team, you got to start this cowboy? Well, I mean, you know, I don't want to be too obvious with anything. So I'm going to go with like a, if you're in like a 12, 12 team league, 14 team league, um, super flex league. <clears throat> Cause the obviously obvious starts are Dak, Amari, Gallup, Zeke, you know, those are your obvious starts. Um, CD lamb, CD lamb had the best outing last week of any rookie wide receiver. Um, I think CD Lamb's going to get. I think CD Lamb is a play and a, a good flex play, a great flex play actually. I, I would go with CD Lamb. That's a good one, Wayne. On your DFS side, what do you got today? <laughs> All right, so kind of like he said, there's a bunch of obvious ones. Um, DFS is a little different. You get to pick wherever you can under the salary cap. Uh, what I'll say is. Dak isn't super expensive. He's kind of in the range with like an Aaron Rodgers or um, forget who else is around below him price wise right there. But um, Dak's going to get all the points that he needs for the salary he has. Um, Zeke is the second most expensive player um, on a running back pool, but um, probably has the chance at the highest total points. Uh, for a running back, regardless of how much it costs you. Um, but where you can save money is C.D. Lamb at 4700 on DraftKings. Man, like the chance that he goes off this week, I just feel like you got to throw him in there. Um, and if you're doing a Cowboy stack, um, I know you're not going to like this, but as one of the cheapest tight ends <laughs> out there, <laughs> uh, Schultz at $3,700, on DraftKings fits really nicely in uh, in some lineups. You can you can throw him in there to offset the cost of Zeke. Um, so a Dax Zeke Schultz is pretty nice. Um, I think that Zeke is going to get a lot of carries um, uh, that result in a lot of rushing yards, maybe a touchdown. But I also think that the all-purpose is going to come into play. And him and Dak are going to hook up for a few. Um, I could see Zeke having three touchdowns. So that's who I would play. I, I would just go those four: Dak, Zeke, C.D. Lamb, and Schultz. Cowboy stack for the win. <laughs> there you go. That's a super stack. Dang, that's what I would do. There's plenty to go around. <laughs> to hit value for Schultz, he only needs like a couple catches. If he hits a touchdown, <clears throat> like you're golden. He doesn't even have to hit a touchdown to, to be worth the value. So I was curious, just out of, uh, um, you know, looking, you're talking about Schultz and, and tight end production there. So I went and looked to see what Seattle did from the tight end position. Um, and Greg Olson right. had four four catches for 24 yards, but he also had a touchdown. So um, if that's something that Schultz is able to produce against Atlanta, <clears throat> then I think that would probably – probably be a good play for you in dfs yeah. if i'm not mistaken correct yep that that line would uh would be perfect for uh thirty seven hundred dollars uh cost wise it would be it'd be a good play um i like him a lot especially if you're going to run that stack anyways uh it goes a long ways for correlation because uh, you expect a high total in that game especially if it becomes a shootout you know you might run that back with um if you can toss in a uh, calvin ridley in there 
and kind of hope you get a little shootout, then man, you're doing great. Good deal. Um, and my can't miss player, I'm a little bit, um, I agree somewhat with what Daniel said, but I don't think that Gallup is necessarily a starter in every league. Um, but I think he is your can't miss player this week. Um, on a weekly basis, I don't think Gallup is starting every, every league, every team, you know, for everybody. Um, but I definitely think Gallup has got to be on your roster starting this week. If you have him, um, on, on your, uh, you know, week, week to week, uh, redraft leagues, <clears throat> he, I think is going to show out big time, um, this weekend. So that, that is my can't miss player, uh, fantasy player for the week. Um, moving down the line now, we will go into something that I kind of thought would make this a good running, um, you know, topic for every episode that, you know, as lifelong Cowboys fans, um, can, can kind of harken back to the past and, and hopefully some of our listeners, you know, uh, you can weigh in whether it be on Facebook or um, you know on our uh, YouTube whenever we load this up on YouTube. Um, but you know, comment on we're going to build our all-time Dallas Cowboys teams, um, and we're going to go by position week by week. Um, so first week, the obvious position we're going to start with is quarterback, because that is the um, pillar of the team. Uh, <clears throat> Oh, see, I got that confused. I thought it was kickers, man. Crap. Well, that's I got to yeah, rearrange my list. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's if you're uh, Taco from the league, you <laughs> right? Definitely want to draft all the kickers. All the kickers. <laughs> Why do you have five kickers? Dude, I love the league so, so much. Oh, I know. I need to go back and watch it again. Yeah. It's just an amazing show. Mm. All right, so. Um, the website that I'm referring to, it's a popular uh, Dallas Cowboys blog, um, but they list the, uh, the three obvious can't miss um, historical best quarterbacks of all time for America's team, uh, Roger Stallback, Troy Aikman, and Tony Romo. Um, of those three, and I'm going to use those three as my pool to choose from. Um, having grown up in the Aikman and Romo eras and not being alive to watch Stahlbach, I don't feel that I can um, weigh in and give an opinion on Stahlbach as a quarterback. Obviously, I know the history and the two rings and whatnot, but... Um, I just feel like you can't ignore the greatness of Aikman and the three championships. Um, so for me, Aikman is my all-time Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Um, just the memories, the uh, the play, obviously. He was just an amazing, um, amazing player. And uh, that's, that's basically it. Um, knowing that Daniel has a little controversy kind of <laughs> brewing over there. I'm going to go to Wayne next. So <laughs> Wayne, <laughs> who do you got for your 
all-time Dallas Cowboys quarterback? You know what? Um, it's very interesting. Uh, I actually, I, I like where you're going with the Aikman stuff. Um, you know, he won some, uh, won some Super Bowls, and that was nice and stuff. But he really wasn't that great of a quarterback, um, as far as uh, comparisons with who we've had. Um, I think in a lot of areas, uh, Romo, you know, just blows them away on, on stats. Um, I mean, he's all time passing leader, right? Yeah. Um, I would probably go with Romo. I mean, uh, you know, completion percentage, heck he even has, uh, less interceptions, way more touchdowns. I get they were running them at Smith a lot more and they threw it with Tony, but Tony to even be that much better at uh, throwing the ball than him. The better quarterback, I would go with Romo. Um, I can't really go with Aikman there. I'd go with Romo. Um, but I will say, and it will probably upset some people, and maybe I am with Daniel on this, cause, but I, to be fair, I have no idea what Daniel's going to say. Um, if Dak has as long as a career as Tony did, I will probably have Dak as number one if I can make that decision later. I actually, if I agree with you, if Dak plays as long as Tony did for the Cowboys, Dak will be my number one for sure. Because I predict if Dak plays as long as Tony did, um, we will win another championship. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's the one thing, obviously, Tony didn't get and should have, but... That's the only reason I didn't pick him. I love Tony. <laughs> I feel like Tony was. Um, we we mentioned it earlier about Dak, but like he got the 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 cowboy treatment because he was a Cowboys quarterback. Everybody hated him, but right. he was really really good. Um, way better than and obviously the fumbled, botched hold on the field goal <laughs> attempt. Right. Um, or the extra point attempt in the against Seattle that one year in the playoffs. So sure, it makes um, a good meme. Yep, <laughs> I'm sitting on the yep. That's what everyone likes. Good meme. Yep. So, all right, Daniel, let's hear your controversy over here. Well, I mean, I see. I thought I was like in my own boat over here on the uh, <laughs> on the Tony Romo, you know, paddling down all the right. down the river there. Um. I see whenever you first brought this to me, I thought it was like, Hey, you know, list your, you know, your all time quarterbacks, like, you know, top four, top five, whatever. So that's what I did. Um, I was obviously not around to watch Roger Staubach, but I've watched his tapes. And to me, whenever I think Cowboys, I think Roger Staubach, like I, I, the Hail Mary, you know, things like that pop up in my head, even though I grew up with, Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith and, you know, Michael Irvin and all that. Um, and big shout out to Nate Newton. I love Nate Newton. Come at me. Um, but yeah, like I have, I've got Tony Romo. Um, you know, obviously Roger Staubach's like in a tier of his own to me as a Cowboys quarterback. Um, I think that just what he represents as a Dallas Cowboys quarterback keeps him at number one. But I thought I was going to be the only one that had Tony Romo right below him. And, you know, I understand why you guys don't have Roger Staubach up there because you didn't watch him growing up because, you know, he was not the quarterback. 
Um, but yeah, I had Tony Romo above Troy Aikman easily. And I almost went ahead and put Dak Prescott above Troy Aikman because like Wayne said, for all the praise that Troy Aikman gets, like it wasn't Troy Aikman that won those Super Bowls. It was his weapons. It was his offensive line. It, it was, was Emmett Smith. It was, yeah, the coach. Like, I mean, Troy Aikman, he will be considered a great quarterback because of the rings, but he wasn't an amazing quarterback as just a quarterback. Um, but I, for now, I've got, you know, obviously I've got Dak Prescott below Troy Aikman, but like you guys also said that if he gets up there and plays for a while, that he'll move above Troy Aikman and Tony Romo. But to me, as a Dallas Cowboys fan, the face that I see whenever I think Dallas Cowboys quarterback is Roger Staubach, even though I wasn't around to watch him play. I've watched plenty of the old games and everything, but um, but if we want to go off of like in my era, it's going to be Tony Romo. So, well, Honestly, I, I like the way that played out, though, because all three of us had somebody different mm-hmm. as our top guy. So that that's pretty cool. Um, and for various reasons, mm-hmm. obviously, and you can justify all of them, I think, um, and understandably so. Because you guys even were trying to kind of swaying me towards Romo even more so. Um, but I, and I, that's not to slight Romo. It's just the fact that we've had some really, really great quarterbacks mm-hmm. um, throughout our history. So it's it's a good problem to have, I guess. Um, we're not talking Quincy Carter here. Nor we're talking <laughs> some some all time greats. So, you don't like Brandon uh, Weeby. Uh, oh, <laughs> no, that's the redhead I never want to see again. Right. I think oh, Tony, Tony Romo would Tony Romo would surpass probably both Roger Staubach and Troy Aikman for like a, a general population's number one Dallas quarter Dallas Cowboys quarterback if he would have won a ring. Let's just put it oh, that way. Yeah, you know, oh, and, yeah. and that I and, agree with that easily. You know, easily. And, yeah. and that's and I not, think the same thing will be attached to Dak. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's the it's you know it's like the the LeBron Jordan thing like. You know, that everybody wants to compare them. Um, and before LeBron had won any championships, it was always, well, he doesn't have any rings. So he's definitely can't be comparable. So it's kind of, you know, that's one of those things where people just say, if you don't have rings, then you're not a real winner. And, and I feel like it's a little bit less so an effect in football because there are 21 other players on the field that have to do their job to make you great as well. Oh yeah. Um, you know, that's the reason why I've never thought Tom Brady was that great because it's, he's been on a freaking amazing team every single year and has always been surrounded by a great staff and everything else. So that's why I feel like they've always been able to win, um, so well or so frequently. Yeah. So, We'll get to um, see if, you know, if it's Belichick or Brady this year. Don't worry. Yep, absolutely. So, Brady's coach is already calling him out. So. Yep, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our last topic, and we can wrap up. Um, we will be posting a poll. Um, right now we only have a Facebook page. We'll um, grow from there and eventually get an Instagram and whatnot. But um, we'll post a poll on our Facebook page, and we'd like our listeners to um, – help us out in picking the permanent name for our podcast. Um, we have a couple ideas that we've kind of, uh, um, been spitballing with here. Um, 
the two that really kind of stood out to us, the first one being Des caught it. Um, you know, that's Wayne and I, one fun fact, Wayne and I were at that game. Um, we went uh, as a birthday present to Wayne, me and him and uh, one of our other good friends here in, in Buchanan all drove out and went to that that uh, game in Lambeau and they had a much better view of it than I did. I was in the opposite end zone um, from there, but surrounded by a lot of really cool Packers fans. Um, but definitely Des caught the ball and we <clears throat> all agree in this podcast that Des caught it. Well, even so the NFL agrees now. Even the NFL agrees. They <laughs> apologized and said, hey, caught, you caught it. So About time. Yeah. <laughs> Only, what, five years late? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, the other one, we were tossing around some other ideas, and one that was uh, mutually liked. Um, one of them is already the, – the original idea has already been taken by someone else, so I won't mention it, um, but it's not going to be hard to figure out. Um so we adjusted it, and we are hoping, or we thought maybe armchair cowboys, um, that are that those two. Sorry, are the only two um, that we kind of came up with on our own. Um, others, just jokingly, we could just call us eight and eight um, <laughs> as the begrudgingly, you know long period of time that we've been mediocre and only about eight and eight on average. Um, but as we're trying to be a positive podcast, uh, we want to steer clear of maybe, maybe using that, but we are definitely open to, to suggestions and would like this to be, um, you know, a Cowboys fandom family um, decision. So if you guys want to help us pick the name, we would love the help. We'll, so, like I said, we'll post the post the poll on our Facebook page. So I say hearing that out loud gave me another idea. Like armchair cowboys, like it's nice, but we're from West Virginia. So like wouldn't it be better if it was like lawn chair cowboys? <laughs> oh, you know, I like something that. like that. Like you know, sitting in a lawn chair drinking a I beer. I don't want to sway the vote, but that's pretty decent. Yeah. Like I, that, hearing it out loud, because I, I never said it out loud. So like hearing it out loud, that popped into my head. And I'm like, well, Cowboys, yeah. Yeah. I like West that. Virginia. Yeah. Lawn chair. adjustment. Yeah. I can, I can, I can roll with that. Yeah. We can throw it up there with all the rest of we'll them. Throw, too, we'll throw yeah. it. Yep. We'll throw it on the board. Good deal. Yeah. Wayne, did you have any other things that popped into yeah, your head? I, uh, I looked some up while you guys were talking and I figured I'd throw it out there and see what you guys, uh, would uh would come up with without without googling or looking at it um uh going back to our quarterbacks uh aikman romo dak and stallback um rank them in order by winning percentage mm. Oof. and this is off of pro football reference basically just the quarterback record um and that does say that um in games that they started um what their record was i feel like i feel like this is a sneaky dak prescott's number one i don't think it's sneaky at all dak is um <laughs> the winningest he's been the winningest well, quarterback in the league since he started so well, you yeah. think Dak's first 
I think it's Dak. Yeah, I think it's Dak, and then probably Aikman, and then yeah. Romo, then Stahlbach. No. Okay. Um, what if I told you that it was actually Stahlbach, Dak, Aikman, and Romo? Well, Stahlbach was a wild card because I didn't see him, and I don't really remember all the records. So seven forty-five yeah. winning percentage. That's pretty Damn. impressive. Yeah, I knew Romo Dak was at the bottom. Six fifteen. Damn. Aikman, five sixty-nine, and Romo, five twenty-three. So what I'm feeling like is is uh, you're because we were on the topic of of podcast names, and you just kind of threw a curveball. But with all this love of Stahlbach, maybe we need to come up with a name that gives love to Stahlbach. What's the, what was his winning percentage again? Seven forty-five. Seventy-five percent. That's really good. <laughs> I was trying to come up with like a cool, cool like idea, like a name with like with seven four five. Yeah, but that one would other be, idea. Yeah, that would, that'd be a very vague. You know, yeah, that would be like only out. one, only one of our potential six followers would even <laughs> yeah. come remotely close to getting that one. <laughs> one other idea that actually was a, it's a, it's in a headline on this this uh, website that I'm using um, for our uh, all-time uh, roster, but kind of steering from that headline: the good, the bad, and the Cowboys. Eh, eh. I like it. No. I just, I, I just, I, I just worry I about you know. You replace them with ugly though, like uh, yeah, re- replacing the ugly with just the cowboys. But you're not saying that we're the ugly. It's just the good, the bad, and well, the cowboys. How's about the cowboys, the bad, and the ugly? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're trying to stay positive. <laughs> exactly, remember. exactly. Because we're the good. <laughs> we're the good. So, oh, okay. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to put the good, the bad, and the Cowboys on the list. <laughs> I can take a hint. Did you get the lawn chair? Uh... Yes, I did write that one down. Okay, okay. That one's good. I like that one. So I think we have a good um, you know, pool of pool of suggestions so far, and we can always let the other folks chime in as well. So Yeah. All right, guys. It's late enough, and... I think my AC may have gone off whenever my internet went off. So I've got to go figure out what the heck is going on. All right. This has been fun. So thanks. I had a freaking yeah, blast. It's been awesome. <laughs> I did too. You yeah, were, you were like, I'm going to be the old guy and not even chime in much. You guys thanks can have it. But... Yeah. <laughs> I'm just tired. Hey, man, I'm just for... tired. But once we started talking Cowboys football, it's like, let's do this like <laughs> you get energized yeah yeah i could tell i could tell the life came back into you yeah <laughs> all right guys well we'll see you next week thank you for tuning in uh, um hope to see you guys again later later